Well, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome back, everybody, to another fun, fine edition of When Sports Collide. A little football, a little wrestling mixed in together. All right, man, we got a good show for you today. Going to be covering football and new wrestling. Sorry I've been off for two weeks. Been a lot going on. I'm really, 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 really trying to stay on top of that stuff more. And get more podcast out a week, so. I'm not really doing this podcast to be, uh, make big money or try to get a big time show. I just like podcasting and talking about football and wrestling. So, but I may, I am going to get it better at doing all this, guys. And reporting more often. But, yeah, last time I talked to you, can't, uh, Texas lost to Washington. Alabama lost to, um... Michigan, and we had Michigan and Washington in the uh, national championship game. And it's like I said, if Michigan kept the ball away from uh, Penix Jr. and put some pressure on him and ran the ball a lot, they would win, and they did. They had two running backs with uh, 130 yards rushing, so it was a all right game, you know. But, of course, everybody's like, well, it would have been better if Texas was in there or Blah, blah, blah. Well, what coulda, woulda, shoulda. Texas didn't uh, do their part and win in the Sugar Bowl and beat Washington, so I guess we'll never know how Michigan and Texas would have turned out. But anyways, guys, glad I'm back. I want to say thank you guys for listening. Notice my numbers are getting bigger. Thank you guys for listening from around the world. Uh, I believe over in Germany we're getting good hits. Uh, Russia. So, yeah, 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 man. If I leave you out, I'm sorry. It's hard to remember all the countries and stuff. <coughs> but <clears throat> I'm back, and let's get into this thing. All right. All right, we're going to start off with some college foosball, baby. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff's been going on. First and foremost, Nick Saban retired from Alabama. Said he still wants to be involved. With uh, Alabama's uh, football, he just don't want to coach anymore. But he still wants to be involved. So, as much as that man has done for the Alabama football program, he kind of put them back on the map. Because if you look at it before they got there, they wasn't before he got there. They wasn't doing too good. Alabama wasn't the dominant team like they used to be, and he turned them around. Six championships later. Uh, numerous uh, SEC championships. So, the man was good. Very, very good. Well, Alabama first went to uh, Texas, talked to Saban. Saban said, nope, I don't want the job. I'm fine here. And he just signed a four-year extension with the Longhorns. Then you had the uh, guy in Oregon. He said, I ain't going nowhere. I'm staying here. So, then Bama hit the guy up in Washington. And he, the Washington head coach, Kellen DeBoer, he is the new coach for Alabama now. So, Washington, I hate to say it, dudes, but y'all are just going to be back down to the bottom again because you lost your head coach that turned that program around. Now you're losing players to the NFL and to the portal. So, it's going to be pretty rough. I know Texas has an eye on one of the defensive guys. So, 
Yeah, and then uh, Texas defensive line coach Bo Davis, he's uh, he has left for uh, LSU. That's his alma mater. And he might have a chance to coach his son, maybe. But we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, it's been just kind of crazy. There's um, not a whole lot of uh, um, firings anymore. It's kind of died down. But uh, I know Washington's going to need a new head coach. So they're going to be looking. Um, And in other news, Harbaugh is doing his first interview with the Chargers. So that ought to be pretty interesting to see if he goes there or not. And then if he leaves Michigan, that's going to be another job to fill. So, yeah, man. And then Texas is getting uh, some uh, commitments from Alabama that came in the transfer portal. I believe they're getting a running back and a receiver. So, I mean, this is like the first or second week of the uh, offseason of college football. And I'm like, God dang, this is exciting already. I'm already ready for next year because next year we're going to have the uh, divisions all lined up different. You're going to have, I mean, conferences. You're going to have teams entering all these new conferences now. Lineup's going to be different. The landscape is changing big time. Then we're going to a 12-team uh, playoff system for college, which I think they should have done a long time ago, you know. But anyways, I'm excited. This offseason's going to be great to see what happens. I can't wait for the spring game. I think the spring game for the Longhorns is in April. So that's about when I think all the other ones will be other colleges will be doing theirs. So it's going to be great to watch, man. Going to be great to watch. Quinn Ewers made his announcement. He's coming back. And I wish people would quit just assuming and try to make clickbait stuff that, oh, Archie, here are five schools that Archie Manning could land at. He ain't going in the transfer portal, you jackasses. Now, next year. Let's say if uh, Quinn comes back, which he won't. But if he does, yeah, I could see Archie leaving then. But the Manning family wanted him to go somewhere where he wouldn't be thrown out there and expected to win, win, win. He wanted him to ease his way in there like he's doing now. So by the time Archie gets ready to start, it'll be his uh, junior year, but kind of his sophomore year because he got redshirted his freshman year. So... Just stop with the clickbait shit. Archie's not going anywhere. So, (laughs) and Oklahoma landed the transfer quarterback, Casey Thompson. Now, this is ridiculous. This kid's been, this is his seventh uh, transfer portal or something, or seventh year of playing, and it's his fourth school. I mean, Tom Herman recruited him. He went to Texas for two years, I want to say. Maybe three, but two years for sure. Then he went to Nebraska, did all right, you know, fought through some injuries. Then he went down uh, with Tom Herman to uh, FIU, I believe it is, or FAU or something. He got hurt the first, uh, first or second game, was out. Then he transferred to Oklahoma. But I don't know why he chose there because he ain't going to start. They've already said that freshman or sophomore quarterback, well, next year will be a sophomore, but that's going to be their uh, guy for the future. So I don't know. Maybe he just wants to be a backup. I don't know. But it's getting crazy. Just like the Oklahoma State quarterback, he got his seventh year of eligibility. So motherfuckers are 25, 26, 27 years old and still playing college ball. It's crazy, I tell you.
Ah, that's about it for football, though. Oh, yeah, and FSU. These poor guys can't catch a break. Now they're in trouble again for something about uh, recruiting stuff or something. I don't know. It sounds just kind of BS. But, yeah, there uh some player. Can't remember who he is. He's going to be suspended for the first three games. So, yeah, that's another kick in the nuts for FSU. So, guys can't catch a damn break. All right, ladies and gents. I guess that's done with college. Let's get on with the NFL, man. Uh, really ain't no, uh, we'll do the, uh, firings real quick. Here are the, uh, head coaches that were fired after Monday. I mean, after Sunday. The Raiders fired their head coach, Josh McDaniel. Panthers fired their head coach, Frank Rick. Chargers fired their head coach, Brandon Staley. Falcons fired their head coach, Arthur Smith. Commanders fire their head coach, Ron Rivera. Titans fire their head coach, Mike Vabera. Vabera. Probably fucking screwed that name up. Seahawks, uh, Pete Carroll stepped away. Now, he's not going to coach the team anymore, but he's still going to be involved with the team. Then we had Bill Belichick, who him and the Patriots parted ways. See if uh, he gets on a team this year or waits and sets out a year. We'll see how that goes. That's all the openings we got. All right, now we'll get to the uh, playoffs. Yesterday, we had the Browns versus the Texans. And oh, my God. Did the old Flauco show up? I was wondering when he was going to. Now, don't get me wrong. He, he won a Super Bowl. He's a pretty decent quarterback. But he throws them interceptions. He's a gunslinger. And yesterday... That first interception he threw, he shouldn't have fucking done it. That was uh, just in panic and, oh, God, threw it up in the air. Second pick was kind of like the same thing, but uh, I think they both got ran back for touchdowns. But, yeah, the Texans beat the shit out of them, 45-14. to (gasps) Excuse me. So that was the first game. The night game was the Dolphins at the Chiefs. And I, I don't know the temperature up there what it was but I have never seen a game where it's so cold that the helmet broke well go back and watch and if you're watching the game you know this already Mahomes was uh, running the ball you know kind of stuck his head down to to take the hit and the guy kind of met head on head to head a little and his helmet fucking broke a piece popped off Because it was so cold up there last night. I have never seen that in my whole fucking life. That's something they need to to, uh, look at. Because, man, that could really fuck somebody up. A helmet breaking like that. Pretty crazy, man. But, yeah, that was uh, the Dolphins, man. Their biggest problem, they was uh, blitzing too much and leaving people open. Because that's the thing about a blitz. When you bring the blitz somebody's going to be open because you're going to have a lot of man-on-man coverage. And if you blitz, you got to be ready for that. And they just kept getting burnt. Every time they had fucking blitz, Mahomes would just sit back there, bink, find the open man. Send the blitz, bink, find the open man. I mean, I like seeing Miami's aggressive, being aggressive like that, but 
Wow, they got tore up last night, 26-7. to But, hey, it is what it is. And then today, the first game we have is the Packers against the Cowboys. As much as I'm not a big Cowboys fan, um, I'm going to go with Cowboys here because they're pretty good at home this year. So I'm going to go with them over the Packers because the Packers got a young team. They're probably going to make some dumb mistakes being young. So I'm going to pick uh, the Cowboys in that game. Then the later game is the Rams and the Lions. And I'm going to go with the Lions there. I think they're really hungry to get far in the playoffs, and they still want to rematch with Dallas because of that debacle from last time. So I'm going to go with the Lions there. And then uh, Monday we got two games because the Steelers, their game was supposed to be today, the Steelers and the Bills. But they was expecting a lot of snow up there in uh, Buffalo. So they, um, um, God dang it. They postponed the game to Monday because they knew they'd have all that snow. So I'm going to pick the Bills that one because they're at home. If Josh Allen can keep the interceptions and turning the ball over down to, to not doing it, they got a good chance of winning. Then we have the Eagles going up against the Bucks. And I just, Philly don't look good. I'm going to pick the Bucks here because they're at home. And Philly just is, they just, the last part of the season just fell to shit. So, I think, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to win. But that's the night game for Monday night. I'm going to go with the Bucks on that one. So, and like I said, ain't really much news besides, um, Harbaugh being interviewed for the Chargers job, you know, so ain't a whole, whole lot right now. Oh, God. Ugh. That's still crazy, though, that Alabama has went 20, I mean, um, the Patriots have been 20, went 24, 25, no, 26 years, I think they said, and are just now having to look for another coach after they've had the same run for 26 years. Talk about being spoiled. Yeah. But like I said, that's it about, uh, really about football, about the NFL. And uh, I'm excited for these playoff games. It's been a good uh, weekend for uh, playoffs. Well, well, guys. Without further ado, let's jump into some wrestling. What do you say? Well, all right, guys. Let's get into some Rassilano. What do you say, baby cakes? <laughs> all right. We're going to start out with what, ha what happened on Raw. We had Drew McIntyre, who kicked off the show, by addressing the main event of last week's episode. He teases leaving the WWE, but then says he thought he'd better, uh, he thought the better of it. He questions why Damian Priest attempted to cash in his uh, WWE Money in the Bank briefcase during his World Championship match last week, as opposed to waiting until McIntyre was the champion. Drew mentions Cody Rose having political power and CM Punk coming back and being welcomed welcomed with open arms. CM Punk comes out and he says 
anything McIntyre has to say, he can say to his face. McIntyre claims for 10 years, or claims that 10 years ago, CM Punk liked to call himself a leader, but he wasn't a leader for McIntyre when he needed one. Punk says he leads by example. Drew calls Punk a narcissist and a demon. Punk says that he is not a demon, but when he needs to be, he can be Satan himself. Drew says he's entering the Rumble and he's going to throw Punk out. Punk says he's so nice, he's going to throw Drew McIntyre out last. Then we had Champa, who defeated uh, Vin Balor. Then we had Becky Lynch says she's in a back in a backstage interview that is not it's not over with Nia Jax. Then we had Kofi uh, Kingston versus uh, Kaiser ends in a double countout. Kofi and Kaiser brawled with Kaiser getting the better of the former WWE champ. Yeah, because he uh, hit him with the chair, supposedly knocked him out or something. <clears throat> and uh, continued to beat the crap out of him outside of the ring. Then we had Michael Cole interviews Nia Jax. She declares for the Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley comes out and reminds Jax that she threw her over, over, over Boo Bothy top rope at last year's whatever a Boo Bothy is. Through uh, her boo bothy, her boo uh, boo boothy, uh, over the top rope at last year's Royal Rumble. Jax Jax says that she said uh, Jax says that when she wins the Royal Rumble, she will choose to face Ripley. A recap. Package shows The Rock uh, coming back uh, last week on Raw. Cody Rhodes prepares himself for an interview with Jackie uh, Ridman. He gets attacked by Shinsei Nakamura instantly. They quickly separate. They are quickly separated by officials. The WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match was Kata Chase and Caden Carter who defeated Chelsea Green and Piper Nevin. A venti, a, 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 ah, anyways. <coughs> Another video package plays something while R-Truth is so determined to be a member of Judgment Day he is obviously hilarious and can be seen and can be seen below. Judgment Day has a little meeting in their clubhouse, and they are trying to decide when they need to handle truth. Miz versus uh, McDowell is next. The Miz defeated JD. Our truth appeared at ringside, and he tried to help JD, but of course. That didn't go so well for him. Judgment Day is in incited backstage, and they say that they need to handle business ASAP.
Seth Rollins heads to the ring and he puts over his own WrestleMania lineage, but says he's never defeated a world championship there or defended a world's championship there. He puts over the Monday Night roster as being stacked. Out comes Jinder Mahal. Mahal reminder reminds everybody that he defeated Randy Orton to become the WWE champion. Rollins agrees that Mahal is overlooked. Rollins says he does not appreciate being interrupted, but dares McCall to make a shot at him. Mahal, McCall tries to attack him from behind. Rollins gets out of it and goes for a stomp, but McCall gets out of the way. Shinsei Nakamura is getting ready for his main event, which is now a street fight against Cody. Ivar defeated Otis. Jey Uso tells Jackie or tells Jackie Redman that this is the year he became he becomes a singles champion in the WWF. He gets interrupted by Bronson Reed. And in the street fight, Cody defeats Shitsei Akamura. And that's what happened on the Monday Night Raw. Now on WWNXT, after a video package recapping the 2024 edition of the NXT's New Year's Evil, Vic Joseph and Booker T welcome the audience to the broadcast before they start talking into the opening match. Blair Davenport defeated Nikita Lyons. There was a video package narrated by Cody Rhodes ahead of the start of the NXT Men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Trick Williams scolded Carmelo Hayes for getting involved in his match against Grison Wheeler, which Hayes told him that if he was if he was his responsibility to succeed. Hayes told Williams they got himself they got him himself and Williams into the uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic so that Hayes could become a triple crown champion and for Williams to become a two title trick. The Men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Tournament first round. Braun Breaker and Boren and uh and uh Corbin <coughs> defeated Gallus, Mark Gallus, or defeated uh, Gallus, which is Wolfgang and Mark Coffey with Joe Coffey. There was a video vetiquette or package of Fallen Han- Hanley giving Tiffany Stratton some instructions about becoming a ranch hand including asking her to clean up horse shit. More, suge- more segments will be shown about this throughout the show. Next, the NXT women's Laya Viclera came to the ring to announce a 20-woman battle royal where the last four would face each other in a match to determine a contender for the NXT 
Vengeance Day. Lola Vance and Electoria Lopez, before, before they were attacked by Velacora and Totten Paxley, made the save. Excuse me. The media four... The media four made fun of Josh Bridges, Brox, Jensen, excuse me, and Fallen Henley. Splitting up before Josh Briggs interrupted. Briggs challenged Oro Manchas to a match. After Luca Cronchefo completed completed about complained about losing the NXT title breakout tournament, Ava, w- Ava was met by NXT North American champion Dragon Lee before being interrupted by Lexus King. King challenged Lee to a match for the next NXT North American Championship, which Lee accepted by saying this in Spanish, I will take the clown face off of you. Josh Bridges defeated Aura Mencha, Mencha. Then Tiffany Stratton was picking up Hayes before Henley told Stratton that she now had to wash butter wash Buttercup the horse. After cleaning Buttercup, she told Henley that she was wanted that she wanted to leave. However, Henley told her that it was not time. Mock up some stall to it was not time. Mock up some stalls. More segments will be aired to the show. Then we got another tag NXT Tag Team Championship match. The family defeated OTM. Jace Jane spoke with Tia Hill and multiple members of Chase University, including Mission Pro Wrestling standout uh, Matty Rekinskowicz, with a plan to help Chase University become financially stable. Obi Femi was interviewed by Kelly Kincaid backstage after the he won the women won the man's breakout tournament last week. But he was interrupted by Lex King. King told Femi that he was lucky he did not take it to the final. But promised to get gold off of his own off his own in the main event. Femi was enraged. As Gallus As Gallus threw a tantrum after their loss tonight, Joe called out Ridge Holland as he was walking around the back. Guffy, Guffy told Holland he was not afraid and challenged him to a match later. OTM walked into the NXT parking lot before being confronted by J.D. Parker. Parker offered her services to take them to... Uh, services to them to take care of the Riz. Cycrips 
told her told her they would talk business. <coughs> then Cora Jade defeated Giggy Dolan. Then in the men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Tournament first round, Nathan Frazier and Axiom defeated Hawk Walker and Tank Ledger. As Tiffany Stratton was cleaning the stalls, Fallen Haven made fun of her with her friends. Stratton said that they that her day was well here. She said that she actually piled Henley. Stratton then tripped on horse yet before falling into a tiny pile of water. Or tiny pool of water. Edris Enoff and Malika Blade spoke backstage ahead of them facing Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, but they were interrupted by Brittany by Brindley Reese offering a workout program for them. Then we had the Nor the NXT North American Championship match. Dragon Lee defeated Alexis King. After the match, Obafima came to the ring to cash in his NXT breakout tournament contract to challenge for the title. The NXT American Championship match, Obafemi defeated Dragon Lee to win the title as they went off the air. Well, that is, Monday Night Raw was pretty good. In NXT. But I'm not going to lie, guys. I don't sit there and watch the whole three hours of Raw. It's hard to stay devoted to that goddamn show because some segments are good, some segments are shitty. So I'll watch the highlights. All right. Now, ladies and gents, we're going to get to AEW Dynamite. We had Hangman, Hangman Page, who defeated Claudio. Then a video package, Chronicles brought... Uh, Brody Lee's best moments in Daily Plaza. Then Preston Face, Adam Cole, or Preston Fance, Adam Cole, Orange Cassidy, and Dusty Rhodes defeated Brian Cage, Lance Archer, Toa Lona, and Conan. Then the Bullet Club, Bullet Club Gold is interviewed by Rennie Paquit. They say they went, they want gold. They are approached by the acclaimed who are still asking them to consider of joining them in a super faction. Samoa Joe comes out to the ring. He announces that there are going to be changes to the way title matches are, gr are granted. Specifically, he says things are going to be based on records once again. He, inter he was interrupted by Swerve Strickland who makes his title intentions clear. Hangman Page comes out to the uh, and does the same thing. They both leave, and then Hook arrives on the scene and tells Samoa Joe he has one week until they fight. Then we have Tony Storm is interviewed by uh, Renee Paquit. I'm probably fucking that name up, too. She informs Mariah May... That she did not watch her match. Rini tries to get her to commit on 
Donna Parosa, the AEW debut. She tells Luther to set up a meeting between herself and Donna. Then Sammy Guevara defeated Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks shakes Sammy Guevara's hand, but it is just a ruse as Big Bill attacks Sammy from behind. Then Chris Jericho makes his save, and all four men brawl throughout the arena. Anna Jay, Thunder Rosa, and Chris Statlander, excuse me, and Willow Nightingale defeat Julia Hart, Sky Blue, Saira, and Ruby Soho. Ring of Honor Pure Championship Wheeler Yuta challenges Eddie Kingston to a match on AEW Rampage. Redrick Strong defeated Brian Keith. After the match, Adam Cole cut another promo reminding fans of the championship intentions of the Undisputed Kingdom. To an interview... Oh yeah, in case y'all didn't know, Adam Cole's the fucking devil now and now MJF looks like a total dumbass because how could you do this? I could never... I mean, I don't know why they... They did that. That devil thing was kind of dumb anyway. Anyways. In an interview, Donna Parozo discusses her debut and confirms it will take place on Saturday on AEW Collision. Red Velvet interrupts and challenges her to a match. A Texas Tornado match, Darby Allen and Sting with Ric Flair Defeated the Don Callis family. Then Tony asked Sting whom he plans on facing in his final bout at AEW Revolution in March. But before he can answer, the Young Bucks come out and they with their newly stupid mustaches and shit. And I guess they're going to, Sting's going to, Sting and Derby Allen's going to face the Young Bucks. I'm sorry, guys. I give the Bucks this. They're good promoting themselves. They have built their name and their brand, but I'm just not real stuck on them. I mean, they just do too much fucking jumping around, jumping off this. Too many. Got to get their shit in, man. I mean, the match is always bam, 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 one spot after another. But it should be a good match. But I know I'm probably pissing a lot of y'all off out there, but I'm not a big Young Bucks fan. They're stupid as heels. They they just, they're not good at heels. All right. Let's get on with SmackDown. SmackDown kicks off with Cameron Grimes and Grison Wheeler making their entrance when they get a clip from last week's episode of SmackDown. Then Cameron Grimes versus Grison Wheeler with Austin Theory. The match does not happen as after the clip, we see Solo Solo and Jimmy Uso attacking Cameron Grimes. Grayson Wheeler and Austin Theory retreated before they got attacked by Solo and Uso. Paul Heyman is in the ring and begins cutting a promo. <coughs> Heyman says Nick Aldis is awful for making a four-way match at the Royal Rumble for, Raymond, for Roman Reigns. Aldis says that Jimmy Uso and Solo and Roman Reigns will be in the uh, main event. 
taking on AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and LA Knight. Heyman tells Otis, you know just as well as I do that Roman Reigns is not here. Otis says, that's right, and follows it up, telling uh, the bloodline they need to get a partner for their match when they go for their before they go for the first commercial break. Then we have the Legato World Order versus the Latino World Order. Santos Escobar joins Keith Patrick and Corey Graves on commentary. Escobar says that the uh, real LWO is An- Angel Garcia, Roberto Har- Gar- Car- Carlito and himself, who are now known as Lagato World Order. World Order. The match begins with Garza and Car- uh, Carlos, Carlos, or Carlo, before they go on the commercial break. Carlo comes out and attacks Escobar. Carazo pins. Wildy by holding on to the ropes. Winners, La Gado World Order. There is a backstage segment with Nick Aldis taking or talking to Carmella Hayes, and Aldis, and Aldis tells Hayes that the impression he impressed many people the last time he was there. They get interrupted by Garson Grayson Wheeler. Wheeler and Austin Theory. Aldis makes a match for Hayes and Theory for later. Paul Heyman asks Carlito if he would be the third partner for the bloodline. Carlito says he wants to fight, but he wants to fight Santos Escobar. There is a promo backstage of for Kevin Owens and Logan Paul's upcoming match at the Royal Rumble. There is a video of Paul telling Owens that there will be no match if he shows up in his cast in his cast at WrestleMania. <clears throat> there is a promo where Tyler Bate is talking to Butch about them getting teaming up. Butch says they should go their separate ways. <clears throat> Bate tells Butch that he needs to talk inward and figure out who he is going to be. Then Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Bianca Belair controls the match to the beginning things. Bailey gets in control and attempts to distract the ref so damage control can get some cheap shots in on Bel Air, but God fucking these pages sticking together. Okay, but they don't do anything. Bailey appears irate by it and begins talking to her stable mates as they go on a commercial break. Bianca and Bailey are outside the ring. Bianca hits Bailey with a uh, modified KOD, and sends her into the ring post. The match goes back into the ring. The match goes back and forth, but Bailey gets the upper hand, 
goes for a big elbow drop and hits it and hits it. Bailey goes for the pin and below kicks out and Belair kicks out. Bailey sends Belair outside the ring again. She pretends that she hurts her knee and attempts to get other to get the other members of damage control to attack to attack Belair. But they do not, which again irates Bailey. Belair hits Bailey with a spear and follows it up with a KOD. Belair then pins Bailey for the victory. After the match, Bailey wanted to know why she got no help. Dakota Kai says she needed to do it by herself, and that was because she will have to do the same at the Royal Rumble. In the winner, Bianca Belair, after the match, Kevin Owen invites Logan Paul to be on the KO show for the next week's SmackDown. Bobby Lashley and the uh, Street Profits are out for a promo, and Lashley tells Karrion Cross and AOP that they can come to the ring and settle everything right now. Paul Ellerick appears and turns around and looks at the Titantron. Cross introduces AOP and Ellering in a vignette. They go to another backstage segment. Paul Heyman, pretty pretty deadly, says they are says they are there to help him. Heyman then tells the two that it is for one spot. Heyman then tells the team they would face Randy Orton, Styles, and Knight. Suddenly, pretty deadly uh, members or pretty deadly remembers that they have something to do. Then Paul Heyman is in another backstage segment. Heyman tells Bobby Lashley that he is sorry if he is having problems with carrying cross. Heyman says they go away or they go way back. And he should team with Solo and Jimmy to let some of the aggressions out. Bobby Lashley says he is only he only wants to be in the ring with the bloodline if he is in the ring and facing Roman Reigns. Then we had Carmella Hayes faces Nelson Theory. The match begins with Carmelo Hayes in control. Hayes hits Theory with an impressive suplex, countering and follows it up with a flying cross li- uh, clothesline. Hayes hits Theory with a face buster and goes for the pin. But Theory kicks out. Theory hits uh, Hayes with a suplex, suplex but lands on his head. The referee ends the match right away. Man, I hope that... Uh wasn't a real injury. Then we had Randy Orton and LA Knight and AJ Styles versus the Bloodline with Jimmy Uso and Solo. So I guess they haven't found a third uh, partner. Randy Orton is walking out to the ring and gets attacked by Solo and Jimmy Uso. Solo Solo hits we return from the commercial break after the refs and Orton to the uh, back. Before the bell rings, AJ Styles and LA Knight argue who will begin the match. Whoso attacks Knight and gets the upper hand for the short time. 
Knight and Styles control the match easily for the first few minutes. Styles and Knight are working together now. Styles and Knight send Uso over the top, over the top rope, and do the same to the to Solo as we go to commercial break. Returning from the commercial break, Solo is in control of the match. Styles attempts to tag to tag Knight, but Solo gets to attack Knight. Or goes to attack Knight. Knight misses the tag because Solo attempts to attack him. Excuse me. Knight comes back and Styles yells at him for missing the tag. They argue and Jimmy Uso goes into a super kick Styles. Goes to super kick Styles. But Styles ducks and Uso nails Knight with the kick. Uso is in control and Randy Orton muscles. And Randy Orton's music hits. Orton comes out, and Styles gets to Orton for the uh, hot tag. Orton controls the match as he hits Uso with a power slam. Orton then hits Uso with an RKO and pins him for the victory. After the match, Styles, Knight, and Orton hit Uso and Solo with their finishes. finishers. The show goes off the air with Paul Heyman speaking out on his cell phone saying call Roman Reigns all right well that was smack of the down now I did catch Smackdown it was a pretty good show I'll tell you pretty good pretty good let me get a drink we got two more shows to cover All right, our next uh, show is AEW Collision. And Kevin Kelly, Tony Schiavone, and Nicole McGinnis welcomes the audience to the broadcast before transmitting into the opening match of this segment. Adam Copeland kicked off the show to welcome the crowd to the show before he opened up the uh, open challenge. The challenge was answered by, answered by Shane Taylor, and Lee Maority, where Tyler said that Maority would earn everyone's respect at Copeland's expense. Copeland defeated him. After the match, Adam Copeland said that he will still, he is still coming for Christian Cage. To kick his scrawny ass. Then Daniel Garcia and FTR were interviewed by... Lexi Nair backstage where they promised to get along to get revenge on the House of Black for the for their onslaught from last week. Lee Sex La Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara promised to defeat Ricky Starks and Big Bill to win the AEW tag team titles. On the Battle of the Belts 9. Happening immediately after collision. You had the Ring of Honor 6-man tag team championship match. The Mongoli Embassy defeated Lance Archer and the Righteous. After the match, Prince Naya called the uh, Bullet Club Gold. Where they called themselves the most popular fra- faction. 
Prince Nina challenged the Bullet Club Gold to a match in the edition uh, or next episode of Dynamite. Preston Vance was interviewed by Lexi Nair, but was immediately interrupted by Roick Strong. Strong wished Vance luck, but Vance said, "Win or lose, we would take Strong. We would take Strong's ass on Dynamite." Then Dustin Rhodes defeated Willie Mack. The Bullet Club Gold. Accepted the challenge issued by Prince Nana. Where they promised to take the Ring of Honor six-man tag team belts. During an interview with Lex Nair. Christian Cage in the uh, Pro-Righteous. Confirmed Dustin Rhodes backstage where he said that they that any friend of Copeland was his enemy. After Rhodes challenged Cage to a match for the in, in TNT title for Dynamite, Cage invoked Dusty Rhodes' name to say that Dustin was not as big as a of a legend of as his father. Dustin promised to bring Storm to Cage. Or bring the Storm to Cage. Then we had Hangman Page who defeated J.D. Drake. Then Donna Peraza defeated Red Velvet. Hook defeated Kevin Matthews. House of Black defeated FTR. Then we had Brody King attack Matt Minard. On the outside after the match. After Black hit the uh, Black Mass on Menard. Garcia and Wheeler attacked Matthews and King with a cheer. Before FTR and Garcia hit Schrader Schrader Machine Machine on King. Despite the loss, FTR and Garcia stood their ground. Then Chris and Sammy Guevara... Broad with Big Bill and Rick Starks to end the broadcast. All right. Now we're going to go to the AEW Battle of the Belts number nine, which was last night. As a brawl ensued backstage, Tony uh, Schiavone, Kevin Kelly, and... Uh, Nigel McGinnis welcomed the audience to the intense start of the broadcast as the opening contest was underway. AEW World World Tag Team Championship match was a street fight against Big Bill and Ricky Starks. They defeated uh, the La Sex Gods, Sammy Guevara, Guevara and Chris Jericho. Excuse me. The finish came with Big Bill hit a large powerbomb on Chris Jericho onto a table after Konsuka Tashita hit Jericho with a kendo stick. Sammy Guevara went for the swanton off the lighting stage onto Ricky Starks, but Powerhouse Hobbs pulled Starks out of the way and sent... Guevara crashing into the uh, production pad. 
Starks rolled over in Pan Guevara for the win and little, little retention. There was a uh, video pat, uh, video package promoting Sanera Dibs' return to AEW. She called herself one of the uh, best wrestlers in the world. Then we had the AEW TBS Championship match. Julia Hart defeated Anna J. Sonya Dutt and Karen Garrett tried to moderate Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett to ease their tension. Where Dutt told Lethal that he was the only reason Lethal was in A.W. San- Sanitam Singha brought a Brought a plate of donut, of donut wholesale, <clears throat> and tried to give one to Lethal, but accidentally put it on Lethal's chin instead. Okay, that sounded dumb. <clears throat> I didn't watch this last night. I watched some of the highlights though. Then we had the AEW International Championship match. Orange Cassidy defeated Preston Vance. The Undisputed Kingdom watched the match from the ringside. After the match, Rorick Strong hit a vicious knee strike on Jose, the assassin, before he and the Kingdom tossed Vincent and Jose out of the ring. Strong and Cassidy went face-to-face to the end of the broadcast. But what I could see, everyone kind of liked it, like what they seen last night. So I know uh, AEW's last pay-per-view, it was kind of split. There's a lot of people didn't like it, a lot of people who did like it. But that was this week's wrap-up, guys, of wrestling football. Hope you enjoyed it. Sorry it took me two weeks to get back on here. I'm going to be better getting back on here more often. But thank you guys for listening. And uh, I guess till next time, man, we'll see you later. And don't forget, tell your friends about it, man. This is the bad, best sportscast podcast around, baby. This is When Sports Collide, Little Football, Little Wrestling with Stephen Booth, man. We will see you later, baby. Woo!